Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, Falcoholics. What is up? Welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Knight, here during a slow part of the NFL calendar. We haven't had a lot of uh, news to talk about. The uh, The content mines have run dry, so to speak, but we did actually get some interesting tidbits from ESPN's Michael Rothstein about the team's uh, second OTA session last week. There was a practice that was open to the media that Rothstein was able to attend. He gave some great notes. There was a write, uh, We did a write-up on it on thefalcoholic.com if you want to get the full breakdown in notes as well as to see uh, Rothstein's notes, but I figured I'd come on and, and break down some of the most notable things uh, with the caveat first, of course, that we are talking about OTAs. There's very little to no contact allowed. It's not even padded. You know, they wear they, sometimes they wear helmets, sometimes they don't. So, you know, it's all very early in the process. Uh, don't, don't, get too wrapped up in any of these notes but there are some interesting things about the depth chart uh coach smith said a couple things that were interesting um and look there's not much else going on it's fun to talk about so uh quick show today just to break down some of the interesting things that we learned from last week's ota session um the first one being that uh, marcus Mariota in this session was by far the the better quarterback um which sort of balances out what we've heard previously which was that uh Ritter was very impressive this was a weaker day for Ritter but again it's it's not shocking when we see these guys together Marcus Mariota particularly when working with the starters and particularly early on is gonna be the better quarterback I would be shocked if he wasn't for a lot of reasons right Mariota has played in the scheme before. He's an eight-year NFL veteran, and despite the fact that he was most recently a backup for a few seasons, this is a guy that is just under 500 in terms of, of winning percentage. I think he's had three winning seasons as a starter uh, and was the number two overall pick. So he's very talented, very experienced, and has experience in the scheme. So I, I think Marriott is going to hit the ground running. It's why I think he's going to be the week one starter. Will Ritter overtake him at some point? We'll see, but... Uh, Today, Rostin actually uh, charted the the throws for both guys. So his by his numbers, uh, Mariota was eight eight out of ten, so eighty percent completion rate, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, I think the the practice was mostly like a, a red zone sort of situation. Um, so yeah, Mariota, you know, eight of ten, three TD, one one in. That's pretty darn good. Uh, he he really liked how Mariota's throws were looking. I think he called them really crisp passes um and he threw a touchdown to Kyle Pitts which I know everyone will uh be interested in hearing about particularly if you're about to do your fantasy drafts uh by Kyle Pitts by the way by Kyle Pitts uh, as much as you can um and uh 
Ritter, on the other hand, was one of six, so not as many throws. Uh, he did throw his one completion was a touchdown, however, and uh, there was also an interception as well as a dropped pass that uh, I believe would have been a touchdown. So um, not the the crispest day for Ritter, but particularly in red zone stuff, you know, that's going to be tough for him. And considering that he's been one of the most impressive players at the previous practices and mini camp, rookie minicamp and the previous OTAs and all that stuff, it's really not something to be concerned about. Um, just a weaker day for Ritter and a pretty darn good one for Mariota. Um so that's that was interesting um and you know sort of confirms what we were i think we're all sort of expecting which is that mariota is probably going to win the starting job and that's not a bad thing um but we want ritter to sort of push him and, and compete even though he might he's probably not going to be the week one starter um but i hope that ritter can look good in the preseason and get the chance to start at some point just so we can see what we've got there it's important um but that was the quarterback situation. Um, in terms of really impressive standout plays, Rothstein particularly uh, called out Michael Walker for having a very good practice. Uh, he had a diving interception, um, so that's always nice to see. Uh, it was off a tip pass. Uh, linebacker Rashawn Evans tipped it. Uh, Mariota was targeting, I guess, uh, wide receiver Kaderil Hodge or Kaderil Hodge uh, on the play. So. Evans tipped it, and Walker uh, laid out to get it uh, and, and picked that up. So that's obviously nice to see. Uh, Walker was playing with the starters. So, it, you know, this is really his year. You know, I think this is the, his uh, third year now, going into his third year. So, um, you know, Walker needs to, to get on the field and start if he, if he wants to take over a starting role. And I think there's certainly an opportunity for him to do that long-term here. Um, you know, Deion Jones, we'll see. Uh, what his status is if he sticks with the team through the whole training camp during the season or if he is traded at some point um, you know with his surgery and not being fully healthy yet probably the trade is going to have to be postponed until uh, training camp once we know he can pass a physical and that sort of thing but you know we'll see uh, what happens with that certainly doesn't seem like Deion Jones is going to be here long term though um, and then Rashawn Evans looks like he's going to be a starter but again he's only on a one-year one deal does he stick around past this season? We'll see. Um, the other player uh, who really stood out to Rothstein was on offense, and it's an unexpected name, uh, Felipe Franks, but not at quarterback. It was at uh, tight end, I guess, or wide receiver, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he had, a, I guess, a spectacular sliding touchdown reception during those aforementioned red zone drills. Uh, so it's nice to see Franks sort of taking to his offensive you know, athlete role, uh, a little bit better. Um, and I guess he's, uh, Rostein said the entire like offensive sideline sort of went crazy and, you know, rushed the field. Uh, and so, you know, it is meaningful. I think And Rostein pointed this out, like the offensive players really love Franks. They were excited for him to make the play. Um, so it seems like he's fitting in with the skill guys with the, with the other offensive weapons. Um, so, uh, it, you know, that's good to see. Uh, and I think it's important for Franks to be able to play those other positions because I don't know that the Falcons are going to keep a third quarterback at this point with Ritter here. And, you know, with how the practice squad works now, you really don't necessarily have to keep a third quarterback if you're not worried about getting about him getting poached. 
uh, because you can always elevate. You can, you know, elevate guys for games and you can protect guys on the squad and all this. So it's it's not a guarantee that they'll keep three quarterbacks. But if Franks does play tight end and play a lot of special teams, they could theoretically carry him as the fourth tight end or they could carry him as the third quarterback. But with the understanding that he's going to play a lot of teams and play some tight end as well, it makes it a little easier to swallow that. But you know, doing the math on the roster, and you'll see this in my roster projection, I had the Falcons carrying 26 offensive players already, but because they're going to carry a fullback, because they're probably going to carry four tight ends, sort of Arthur Smith's thing, like, it's really hard to also then carry three quarterbacks. You sort of have to pick, like, are you going to carry three quarterbacks, or are you going to carry six wide receivers, or are you going to carry, you know, and maybe there's some wiggle room with the offensive line, you know, maybe they keep just eight, but I sort of have a hard time believing that you know i think they're going to want to keep nine offensive linemen at least so um the the math is getting dicey there for how to keep all these guys i'm certainly pulling for franks i think he's a fun player obviously tested out as a really good athlete at quarterback good athlete at tight end as well i think he was over a nine ras at, at tight end too just a big dude um so if he can if he can succeed in that way as well as a quarterback I think that'll help him make the roster and you know right now it's sort of a pet project thing for Arthur Smith but it's intriguing and if he can actually grow in that role he hasn't played tight end much um you know if he can actually get on the field it's it's valuable to be able to play quarterback in a pinch um to have that emergency guy that third guy um so I, I you know I'm, I'm I'm rooting for him I hope he makes it work um so it's glad to see him making some plays out there um we did also get a few peeks into the cornerback depth chart, uh, which, frankly, it's really crowded. Like, they brought in, like, 13 guys. There's a ton of DBs brought in. The same thing with wide receivers. Arthur Smith did make a note of it in his uh, press conference recently that they're they're emphasizing skill players in these non padded non-contact practices because it's easier to evaluate those guys in these situation you know the coverage and the receiving that sort of stuff you can get a much clearer picture of those guys without contact as opposed to the contact focused positions so they're going to carry a large number of these dbs and wide receivers and then they're probably going to trim those groups and bring in more trench players when training camp starts at least that's what smith was saying so um there's a lot of guys on the roster now, a, a decent number of them, you know, two to three at wide receiver and corner are probably possibly going to get cut um, going into camp because those other positions are a lot thinner. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, AJ Terrell was there. Uh, veteran Casey Harrod was not there. So we did get to see Darren Hall playing, I guess, mostly on the outside opposite AJ Terrell. Um I know some people thought he was more of a slot guy. You know, last year he played some in the slot. Um, but it looks like he, he's going to get the first shot, basically, to be the, the like, fourth cornerback, the primary backup. Um, and at least that's what it looked like during this OTA session. Darren Hall out there across from A.J. Terrell. Um, in the slot with Isaiah Oliver is going to be the starter there, ostensibly, assuming he comes back healthy soon. Um, but he's still not back to team stuff. He was present, but he hasn't worked his way back to like team drills yet. Um, so it was actually veteran signing Mike Ford, who's mostly known for his special teams. Uh, he was actually getting the start in the slot. 
Um, so that'll be interesting. I think Mike Ford's actually been a solid reserve corner when called upon. Uh, not a bad player, certainly. So it's interesting to see him get the work there. So that, that probably shows you that the team actually likes Mike Ford quite a bit. Um, and he, he might be one of the favorites for the roster. I know I've had him making the roster as like the fifth or sixth corner uh, in most of my projections. So keep an eye on that one as well. Uh, and then obviously we're going to be monitoring Isaiah Oliver. It's good to know that he's he's there. But um, I, I would be surprised if he wasn't back on back with team stuff by training camp based on his timeline. Um, but until then, there's not really any reason to rush it, to be completely honest. he's He's been in the defense for a season. He's been with the team a long time. He's a veteran at this point. So no need to rush him back necessarily. Um, the next spot we were getting a look into uh, in terms of the, the competition is actually a returner, which it's, I wrote it in the, the article that I did writing up these notes that it's like funny that we went out and signed Cordero Patterson. He's on the roster, but we're like having this giant competition at returner because guess what? Cordero Patterson's suddenly too valuable to play returner uh, because he's so important on offense. So congratulations to Cordero Patterson. He's, he's graduated away from returner because he's too darn good to play there now. Um, so it looks like obviously Avery Williams is going to be the favorite once again. He was actually really good last year um, after Patterson sort of transitioned to his more offensive role, both on kicks and punts. Um, he's moving to running back, so that does add like a little bit more intrigue to it. But I, I think honestly, him being like the fourth running back or whatever probably makes him easier to carry on the roster than that corner. Um, just because I, I think Avery Williams is, is like a game player. Like he's. He's going to give maximum effort, but like at his size, he's just not going to be able to match up against certain players uh, in the slot. Like he's just absolutely not an option. Even C.D. Lamb, you know, who's not like a massive receiver, like he was just too big for him. Like he he could not cover him. Um, He's very limited at corner. Um, He is very good at special teams. Like he's a a willing tackler. He's a great athlete. Um, But at corner, it's just his size was always going to be a limiting factor. At running back, it's not as big a deal. Like height isn't isn't very important at running back. Maybe in pass pro it helps a little bit. But um, he was already playing in the 190s according to his listed weight. So if he can just bulk up to that 200 range, he's pretty much, you know, uh, a low end already in terms of weight running back. So, um I, I like Avery Williams still to be the returner, but there's going to be a lot of guys getting opportunities. Um, I guess during these OTAs, we saw Demir Bird, um, who actually does have a lot of punt and kick return experience. I think he even has a kickoff return touchdown or a punt return touchdown uh, in the NFL. So he's someone that, that can do it as well. He was getting some reps there. Uh, Brian Edwards, the recent trade edition, he's getting some reps there. I'm kind of surprised by that, considering he's probably going to be a starter uh, at receiver, um, and also Alameda Zacchaeus, who has worked there before. Um, and then UDFA uh, lacrosse to quarterback to wide receiver convert uh, Jared Bernhardt, also getting some return reps. Um, so those are the guys that are going to factor in, at least early on in that competition. We may see some more guys rotated. And I know Austin Trammell was, was working on the returns last year uh, in training camp, so maybe he'll get a shot there as well. But those look like the guys, at least early on, that are working uh, at returner. And then at gunner, which is a big deal in terms of making the roster for these back-end guys, uh, Avery Williams, cornerback Mike Ford, and wide receiver Kaderil Hodge were the ones that were getting a lot of the reps at gunner. So 
keep an eye on the guys working at Gunner because those are the guys that are your prime special teamers, um, your really valued special team contributors. And I would say that all three of those guys, if they're getting a lot of work at Gunner and they're playing well at Gunner, they're probably having a significant advantage for the roster. Um, you know, Mike Ford was starting in the slot too. So, you know, if that holds up, it seems like he's definitely got a a clear path to the roster. Avery Williams, if he's playing both returner and one of the primary gunner spots, you know, that, that obviously means that he doesn't have to necessarily do a ton at running back to get that last spot. If he's primary playing special teams. Um, and then Kadero Hodge, he's like a, a serviceable receiver, but he has been a really, really good special teams player throughout his career that's sort of how he's stuck around um so I've always sort of viewed him as as a favorite for one of those like final two receiver spots because of those special team contributions so early on it looks like that's holding um finally uh we have uh, a little note on the offensive line uh I guess Drew Dahlman in this particular practice was actually getting the starting nod um so that, that is interesting. It looks like there will be an actual competition for center. Um, you have to think that Matt Hennessy probably is still the favorite because he did start all last season and wasn't bad. You know, I, I think his run blocking was quite good in a few games. The pass blocking was not good <laughs> in, in many games. Um, so he needs to improve the pass blocking a lot, but... The run blocking is there, so he's at least half of an offensive lineman at this point. But, um, you know, Dahlman, I, we didn't see a ton of reps. I think we saw like 100 reps from him all season or something like that. He graded out well, according to PFF. I mean, I, th- I think he looked good in those limited reps. So I think there will be an actual competition there. We'll see um, who, who comes out ahead. But I think between those two, the Falcons are probably okay at center. I, I like those two guys, you know, either a Tennessee taking a step forward or Dahlman finally getting a chance to, to start. I like that. Um, the the bigger question, obviously, is still Mayfield, who it, it seems to be sort of the unquestioned starter at left guard still. So we'll see how that shakes out if he does actually get any competition from anyone else. Um, there was one more note, which was that after practice, uh, Arthur Smith mentioned uh, about the depth chart that basically saying that they're going to work in a lot of players during OTAs and minicamp with the starters in particular. Like, they're going to work in a lot of these guys. Um, so don't take... Basically, don't put too much stock into who's getting rotated in or not or whatever. Um, so just, yeah, don't, don't like, freak out about, oh, D. Alford, the corner, is getting reps with the starters. Is he going to start this year? It, they're going to... They're trying to rotate in all these players to give them a chance to work with the starters, see how they look against that higher level of competition especially early on. Um, And he did also mention that, you know, as they get closer to the season, those first and second team spots are going to take on a lot more meaning. Um, So we're going to see a lot of mixing and matching, I I believe, over the next couple of weeks. And then, um, you know, things will probably get a little more settled as we get into training camp. Um, But that's pretty much all the main notes there. Uh, We're going to have another show, obviously, on Wednesday, which I think will overlap a little bit with minicamp mandatory minicamp um i don't know exactly how much we're gonna have at that point in terms of reporting but we'll talk about it if we can i'll have some guests on to talk about what what their opinions are on on these ota notes as well and we'll see if any more signings come in or any other roster moves but this is the slowest part of the calendar you know after mandatory minicamp's over that's pretty much it until training camp gets started so um you know we'll see 
Uh, but we're almost there. We're, we're, we're coming up on, you know, roughly a month until training camp. So the home stretch of, of the dead zone is upon us. Uh, just got to get through one more month, guys, of, of limited content. But I do appreciate everyone for tuning in and listening today. Uh, thank you all for, for hanging out. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear. Someone has decided they're going to mow right outside my window right as I, I end this pod. So apologize for that. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, do give us a like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, also check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Falcoholic Live. If you haven't checked that out yet, it's a great way to support the show. We're currently doing our training camp fundraiser. Um, so if you want to contribute to that, the link to that is in the show description, uh, streamlabs.com slash uh, the Falcoholic, I think. Check the show description to make sure you get the right one. But we appreciate all all the donations to that, guys. Uh, as I'm trying to cover all, what, eight, ten days of training camp this year, um, I will try to be there every single day. Um, so bringing you guys that sweet, sweet content, basically. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, like I said, like, subscribe, leave a comment if you're on the YouTubes. Uh, those, those help us out. Uh, I try to read and, and respond to those when I can. So thanks for that, guys. But otherwise... I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. We'll see you guys on Wednesday for the next episode of the Falcoholic Live. Until then, guys, have a great day. We'll see you then. Bye, guys.